What is going on, Wisconsin sports fans? This is the Cheese Dad Sports Podcast, a podcast about Wisconsin sports, hosted by two dads. I'm Robin, one of the co-owners of Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Gridiron Heroics. I am Quaid, the other half of the Cheese Dad Sports Podcast, as well as co-owners of Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Gridiron Heroics. And if you haven't listened to our last episode yet, you really should. We chatted with Gilbert Brown last night, covered some Green Bay Packers football, and more importantly to some, the best movie cars. And McQuaid really, really showed out for that one, listing off his best cars. McQuaid, you have any idea of what you're going to throw at Gilbert next week? No, but I'm but I'm gonna start looking and 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 find something <laughs> interesting to talk about. I'm excited. Oh man, that was great. It's great. A lot of laughs. If you have not checked it out, please, please do. So tonight we're gonna preview the Packers a little bit. We're gonna chat about the Bucks and maybe we'll mention the Brewers. Maybe that is just the mention that you get. <laughs> anyway, well, McQuaid, trade deadlines come and gone. Doesn't seem like people are over it yet. No, there's a lot of uh, angst in Packer Nation still about the fact that they did not trade for a single person the trade deadline. I think that we can all agree that no one singular trade was going to save the season or, or um, you know, make us a Super Bowl contending team. But I do think that there there is some something to say about maybe putting together another piece or two. Uh, via trade, and then go out, you know, maybe get a, a person or two in free agency, uh, and all of a sudden you're looking at two or three or four new additions to the team right around the trade deadline, and and that could be a difference. Um, so I think that that you know people are are just, I think people are, are are justified in their anger. I mean, I get the frustration, of course. I would love to have seen the Packers make a move, but the thing that you a lot of people forget is that Brian Gudikins can't force other teams to do business with him. You know, they offered the Chicago Bears their second round pick, or I'm sorry, they offered the Steelers their second round pick for Chase Claypool. And instead, the Steelers took the Bears' second round pick. Now, Chase Claypool is a fine wide receiver, but he's not worth a first round pick at all in my opinion and i think that that is an opinion that would be shared by most intelligent football analysts and talent evaluators i think it's a very very safe uh, or, or solid assumption i don't think anyone would give up a, a first for um y- you know the chase claypool i do think that that there have been multiple instances though in the past where um Green Bay, a, a wide receiver was traded and Green Bay just wasn't in on it. I think the most notable was Robbie Anderson a few weeks ago was traded. Um, now, granted, that was a completely different situation, but he was traded for, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was a late round pick uh, or, or late, late draft pick in general. Um, and that's something that maybe Green Bay could have could have pounced on if they offered a, a mid-round pick or, or even a different late round pick. And... Uh, you know, I think it's just the same thing every single year that Green Bay is always, always, always in on the conversation, uh, but never the one that gets the call. And while you you are right, you cannot force other teams to um, 
choose you in a trade, uh, it does, you know, as Packers fans, who are the ones who have no say or control or have any idea what's actually going on, all we know is that we're always the ones in the conversation but never the ones to get the guy, uh, does get a little frustrating after a while. You know, I don't know how much good grace Aaron Rodgers has with uh, some Packers fans. It may be the vocal minority that is upset with him. Yep. Or it could be the majority. I don't know. I personally don't really care. But he seemed at peace with the trade deadline. You know, today he gave a statement that he knew Brian Gudekinst did his best, that he talked with Aaron about the trades they wanted to make and what they were willing to part with. And the asking prices were either too high or other teams just didn't want to do business with them. For example, the Steelers chose the Bears' second-round pick because they think the Packers are going to be better than the Bears. And they wanted a higher draft pick, which is a big vote of confidence for Green Bay from another franchise. And But to your point also, I think that the player that I am most disappointed that they missed out on was this offseason, the trade for Amari Cooper that sent him to Cleveland. It was just a fifth-round draft pick that Cleveland gave up for Cooper. And I feel like the Packers easily could have given up a fifth. Hell, they could have just given up. You know what? I want the Packers to trade away their third-round picks from now until the end of time. Yep, yep, I was going to say that. You know, like, I don't, it's, the third round pick history is just not great in recent years. And so I do get that part of it. But when we were looking at the players that were dealt at the trade deadline, they either just didn't make sense or the teams just didn't want to do business with the Packers and there's nothing Brian Gudikins can really do to force teams to want to do business with him. That being said, to your point earlier, one trade is not going to fix this team. Yeah, there's 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 going to have to be it would it would have to have been a multitude of of trade and or free agent signings and or just getting guys back healthy, you know. Uh, getting Alan Lazard back, who practiced today, is going to be big for the offense. And and it, what, like you said, Aaron Rodgers didn't, you know, kind of seen that piece with with the trade deadline. Um, even though he made his comments on the Pat McAfee show, and they say he, he hoped you, you know, they'd be able to break some, have some breaking news happen while while he was live on the show. Um, so clearly, Aaron Rodgers was open to a trade idea, but not heartbroken that it didn't happen. And I think a lot that that says a lot. Uh, about what he thinks of the players currently on the roster. I, I think he's talked all season long about the potential and the talent that is currently on the roster. Um, he, he's never shied away from from saying that he thinks that this this group, this team can be successful. Um, they just need to, you know, there's been talk about the mental errors and the things of that nature. And, and it's, it's never been, you know, these guys just physically aren't it. We don't have the weapons. So uh, start riding off a few wins, see if this team can, can jive. Um, and and roll with what you got. Maybe sign a free agent or or, or two. Uh, but you know, Aaron Rodgers feels pretty confident that they can win games with who they currently have on the roster, and and that means more than what me or you think or any of the fans listening to this think. So 
um, you know, there should be at least some vote of confidence in, in that. Yeah, definitely. And to be honest, I would have preferred a trade for a safety than a wide receiver because Darnell Savage just is not getting the job done and Adrian Amos is not playing like he did the last three years. That safety position is going to be scary next year with, I'm assuming, Amos gone and Savage as the as the lone starter that's returning. I mean, Rudy Ford looks pretty good. I like him. But, man, Savage is having a really bad, bad year. And his tape in the Buffalo game did not look good. Running away from tackles, just terrible. I think that that was one of the players that, that Green Bay really had confidence in going into the season that would bounce back, and it has been the complete opposite. So if there was a, if there was a position that – that is that is performing worse than the pass catchers on on Green Bay's team. It is the safety position, which is uh, really disheartening to hear. And you're right, you know, Amos is going to still look for a big contract co- coming up because, for the most part, he's earned it. You know, except for this year. I don't know if Green Bay is going to be willing to pay that uh, after this year. And you know, Darnell Savage, we signed him to the fifth year option, so he's in Green Bay for at least one more year unless Green Bay decides to release him. Um, and yeah, you know, ever since the, the the second half of the 2020 season, he has just gone downhill, and uh, it's really really hard to see hard to see that that, that type of play from him. Um, but you know, a lot of people wanted Darnell Savage to be traded for a wide receiver. You know, that might have killed two birds with one stone, uh, so to speak, a little bit. But you know, obviously that that didn't happen, and we're gonna just roll with what we got this year. But if the offense can stay on the field a little bit longer, sustain some drives, score some points. I think that'll do big for the defense, including the safeties. I think that the Detroit Lions are the perfect opponent because it is a perfect scenario for a get-right game. I believe we're at Detroit, so it is a little challenging playing there. They always play us tough, but they are not a good football team. It's a very winnable game. If they play their fundamental football, if they play like they did in Buffalo, they win. They'll they'll win the game. And for for me, I'm really excited to see what Samori Toure does cuz he had that touchdown reception on a improvised route and Aaron Rodgers loves that. You know, that was a good heads-up football player move. I I think that they're going to be run-heavy, as they should be. But I'm looking at Toure of have, having a good game in the receiving game, if if he plays. If we if we see, you know, Toure get another opportunity, I think Aaron Rodgers trusts him a little bit more than he may trust uh, you know, other receivers on the team. So look for him to get opportunities. Uh, and that's just another example. You know, we're not going to get Devonta Adams' production back all at once, but we're going to see some of these guys give little pieces here and there. Uh, hopefully, you know, Christian Watson with that pretty brutal injury comes back soon. We we when when Watson's on the field, uh, he is deadly, and I still like the long term projection of Christian Watson. Early returns are you know George Pickens is better wide receiver. Um, those two are going to kind of be compared for the rest of their careers because they're both drafted in the second round. And I think they're the only, they were the, the 
the closest two wide receivers drafted in the second round, Watson 34, and I believe Pickens was somewhere in the 40s or 50s. So we're going to see them compared, and but I still think that Watson, with his just God-given ability, is going to be able to take the top off the league for years to come. Uh, I just don't know how much it'll be in, in you know 2022. Uh, but we're going to see this offense, you know, sink or, or swim for the most part in the, the next couple of weeks against the Lions and, and some must-win games. We've got the, the Dallas Cowboys coming up, the Rams, uh, all games that they're, they're turning into must-win games if they want to make a run. And uh, uh, it's going to start this week. Yeah, sure does. I think that we need to call the Sammy Watkins experiment a failure. Yep. We can't, we can't really drop him because of how thin we are at wide receiver. But I do think that Toure deserves Watkins' snaps, or at least a large, large percentage of them at this point. And, I mean, it is it is to the point where, you know, Watkins had one reception for, for what, two or three yards against the Bills. That was, his very, that was, like, his very first snap of the game or one of the very first snaps of yeah. the game. And, and it was a first was, down, and that was it. He was on the field for the rest of the game, like, like intermittently for the rest of, like, a significant amount of the game. And he didn't, he, he didn't see a single other target. I think that if you give Samari Toure those, 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 those snaps, you're, you're not losing much in the blocking game. Uh, because these Packers wide receivers know he's a pretty good blocker. He is a pretty good blocker. I do think, however, though, that these Packers wide receivers know that they have to block in order to stay on the field. And a rookie wide receiver like Toure will will be willing to do the dirty work. But I also think that you know through the air, Toure may you know you know get an opportunity or two, or two more than Watkins did. It could make a difference. So uh, you know if if Watkins is benched, look for Toure to take the take the the the, the, the snaps. I agree. I, I definitely agree. I think that that is something to look for. I think that D- Dobbs is going to have a good game. You know, the the Lions have a really bad defense. I mean, you think our defense is bad. Take a look at the Lions defense, the worst in the NFL. If this was ever a game for the offense to get right, this is it. There, If there was ever a game, this is it. You got the NFL's worst defense. Just do your thing. Run your plays. Have some fun. Get on the same page. And then tear up the league. Yep. And and, and I, I, I talked about it last night and with a podcast with Gilbert Brown, but we're seeing, I guess it's a different sport, but we're seeing the Philadelphia Phillies right now. All they needed was a was a – was a chance. They were the last team to clinch a spot in the in the uh, baseball MLB playoffs, and look where they are now. Two wins away from a World Series, still. So yeah, well, all you need is a chance. They lost tonight. They got, they no, got no hit, and they got no hit. So, so it's not going to be yeah, all sunshine. Cool it on the Phillies comparison. <laughs> but I'm I'm going to say that they 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 have made an extremely good impression on on the yes, league. Yes, they the did. Last, the last they got. Spot. They got hot at the right time, and that's all yep. you need. I remember back, oh, man, 2008. I think it was the Red Sox and the Rockies in the World Series. And the Rockies got in there because they won their last 20 games in a row of the regular season. That is wild. And then 
blew through the NA- the NL playoffs and got swept in the World Series. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, funny, yeah. funny stuff. But an incredible run to get there. Anyway, so Packers, oof, we're hoping for the best. You know, I'm not really. The last word on it is that I'm not really broken up about no trade at the deadline, to be honest, because I didn't really expect one. And what, you know, Packers fans, this is this is Brian Gutekunst. And before him, it was Ted Thompson. It, this is the way the Packers go. Like, love it or hate it, this is what to expect. And they're not going to change anytime soon. So just buckle up. It's just the way they do business. Yeah, until Green Bay has a full full overhaul of, of CEO and general manager, I don't think they're gonna be big buyers at the trade deadline anytime soon. Uh, but they've been successful, you know, for, for two decades, three decades now, so you can't hate on them too yep. much. Yep. Who knows, in three years when Murphy retires, maybe. Maybe then. Yep. But yep. until then, no. No. All right, let's talk some Bucks basketball. Let's talk about the winning team. Bucks beat, blew out the Detroit Pistons tonight. Great game. Great all-around game from Giannis. Well, I shouldn't say great all-around game. The Bucks were really bad at, at shooting threes. I think they shot 26% from three. But the key of it was they also grabbed 15 offensive rebounds. And I'm looking at it now, Giannis had five of them. So the second chance points and just bully ball down in the paint. That's the bread and butter. 7-0, and no Chris Middleton, no Pat Connaughton, no Joe Ingles. No problem. Oh, man. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I... I... Forgot all about Joe Ingles. That's gonna, you know, add another layer to the to the perimeter shooting for this team when he gets back. But man, it is it is fun to watch this team um, play the way they are. You know, far from from full health, it, it's turned into the three headed monster being Giannis, Drew Holiday, and now Brooke Lopez, who is just showing his value down there in the paint on defense and 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 on offense. Um, but man, this this team is is fun to watch. Seven and zero to open the season. The only undefeated team remaining in the uh, um, in the in, in the NBA, and it matches their twenty eighteen and nineteen seventy one starts to the season being seven and zero, which is the last two times that, that happened. Is incredible, incredibly fun to watch this team. Giannis is on on another level. There's not much more you can say about him. Um, and, and tonight it was, it was nice to see, you know, they struggled in, and uh, arguably one of their best, um, point p- parts of their game is their perimeter shot. I, I would say their best part of their game is, is scoring in the paint mainly because of Giannis, but, but close second, I think with, they have a pretty solid, they're a pretty solid perimeter shooting team. And t- like you said, they shot 26% from three, I think at yep. one point in time, they're one of 15 or something like that. So yeah, they, they missed like a lot to start out. Nope. And, and they still they still dominated, so that's nice to see. Yeah, they 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 got they got some to fall in the fourth quarter to kind of pull away there a little bit. But 
the defense for this team is just out of this world good. And I think that part of that is Javon Carter in the starting lineup. He doesn't score a lot of points, but they, they call him a bulldog for a reason. And he is tenacious on defense. Of course, Giannis is a perennial defensive player of the year candidate. Drew Holiday, perennial all-NBA defense. Brooke Lopez should be perennial all-NBA defense if he isn't. I don't think he was last year. I think he was second-team defense. But he's always on a defensive team. Like This is a good defensive team and if anything is clicking right away like as a team it is their defense and it really showed out tonight with the with the jump shot not falling from beyond the arc they were able to clamp down and get a whole bunch of steals how many did they have they had 17 17 steals Giannis had five of them <laughs> yesterday i think it was before this game it was within the last couple of days i saw a, a statistic on on twitter that showed Giannis is number one drew holiday is number six and brooke lopez is number 10 in the mvp race through six five or six games of the season now five or six That's- games of an 82 game season is a, a, a blip on the radar but in the entire league to have three of your guys in the top 10 at any point in time is, is incredible. And that uh, is crazy. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. Drew holiday has been on some sort of tear. Like he started this for the first game of the season. He was not that good. Second this season, he was a little bit better. Third game of the season, his jump shot was still cold. But the last four games, especially the last three games, oh my goodness, that guy has been silky smooth. We, I mentioned how bad they were from beyond the arc. I should have mentioned, with the exception of Drew Holiday, who was four of seven from three. Just has been an incredible second scoring option for the Bucks in the absence of Chris Middleton. So you can probably guess that his scoring numbers are going to drop when Middleton gets back. But in the meantime, it's so good to see him stepping up. Speaking you know, of- it's a really interesting contrast to the Packers, though, right? Because the Packers came into the season, they had all these expectations, but their guys are hurt, and the depth is having trouble filling the holes and the you know, making sure that they're not skipping a beat. They're, they're skipping a lot of beats. They need a beat. But the Bucks, they're down probably three of their best shooters, and the rest of the team is like, eh, that's okay. We got this. Next man up. Next man up. This this team is doing, you know, early expectations were already high, but through seven games, this team is, is expected to go and, and make the NBA Finals uh, we're seeing some pretty stiff competition already. You know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they look really good with Donovan Mitchell. They beat yeah, the, they the uh, won on a buzzer beater tonight. Yep. And, uh, you know, the Celtics are going to be there. You know, it's, those are the two teams that we're kind of seeing right now early on that, that um, could could make a, a splash in the playoffs. So I think the Heat are a mess. I think the, the Nets are a mess. I don't really see much 
out of competition out of either one of those. Um, Billy just fell to four and five. They lost by 10 to the Wizards at home. Yeah, at home. So early returns are those kind of three teams I just mentioned, we just mentioned are going to be kind of yeah. in the running, but it, it just doesn't feel like anyone's anyone's going to keep up with the Milwaukee Bucks right now. And then Chris Middleton, he just got called to the Wisconsin herd to uh, yep. start his He's rehab. And so yep. he will be back. He will be back soon. And that is 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 unfair seems unfair to add chris middleton to a team that's already playing this well i'm i'm okay with it being unfair it can stay unfair for the rest of the week i mean if middleton doesn't get hurt last year i fully believe we repeat as champions yep he is his healthy and everyone's healthy for the playoffs i think that we repeat or i think we win again I mean, this team, you just see, it is so, so special. And you know what I was really impressed with was how, in, in the early games, how much Bud is playing Marjan Bochamp, the Bucks' first-round pick this year. You know, Bud has a reputation for not developing players, not playing his rookies. But Bochamp's getting some some minutes. I think he played 16 minutes tonight. He only had four in the last game or something like that. And, and that makes sense. It was a closer game. This was more of a blowout. But the guy is getting meaningful playing time. He's seen minutes in like the second quarter and things like that. Never enough that his inexperience and mistakes, because he does make them affect the Bucks game, but enough that he can learn from them. Yeah, and, and even tonight, not only was he playing, I believe it was the second quarter, it, but it was also, um, you know, Giannis was passing him the ball and giving him opportunities to yeah. shoot from the, the, the three-point shot. He's getting opportunities to play and to be a p- part of this team. Um, and, and you know, like you said, that doesn't happen very often in Milwaukee, but I think that speaks a lot to what they think his potential can be uh, on this team. So there, there's there's offense, there's defense, there's, there's, there's depth players coming back that we haven't even got yet. Um, this team has a chance to be one of the most complete teams in, in the NBA if they are not already. I think that this could end up being the best team the Bucks have ever had, to be honest with you. Right now, I would say their championship, most recent championship team is the best one. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to see this team perform the way that we think they can. Yeah. All right. Yeah, any Brewer stuff? I know I don't really have anything. I mean, they signed uh, John Singleton, minor league contract invitation to spring training. I like that signing. I like him down in AAA. Big guy doesn't hit for a very high average, but he he hits for power. But he's a lefty, just like Rowdy. And Rowdy is a better all around hitter. But I like Singleton in the in the system. No, I mean, I, I think we're gonna the the you know we're gonna see what what our new GM does, um, and and what changes he could possibly make or do with this team. Still, given the fact that Mark Anastasio is the owner, um, and he clearly does not like to spend money or or break the bank, other than what eleven million dollars for Andrew McCutcheon uh, at thirty six years old. Um, so, yeah. 
I love the Brewers. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not too confident in their immediate future, um, but we're going to have to, um, you know, wait and see what this offseason holds. I think that once they start making moves, obviously we'll have more to talk about, but we'll, but then we will also get a hopefully better idea of, you know, what we could realistically expect in the 2023 season. Yeah. I mean, we got to remember that the uh, Brewers have, the Josh Hader trade really tarnished a lot of memories. Yep. Rightly so. But remember, right before the lockout, they went out and got Hunter Renfro. That was a good deal. It was a really good deal. I like that guy. He's got one more year of club control, I believe, and then I, I don't think he'll be back after that. Not because he's bad or anything, but the Brewers just have so many young outfielders that are are good. I mean, maybe they'll trade a couple for uh, for a big bat, maybe a third baseman. I don't know, and then they'll re-sign Renfro. But you know, Ananasio is gonna be pretty stingy with those dollars. <sighs> yeah, and so and we get we can sit here and, and say that we we've you know we're, we're frustrated, but. Um, which we sh- we deserve to we sh- we should be we had what the best fifty game start of the of the of the franchise this year and ended up missing the playoffs yeah. and having a, a a horrible trade deadline for for the team. But you know there's still Willie Adamas, Hunter Renfro, Christian Yelich, even with his fully guaranteed contract, met, you know ten year contract, whatever. When that contract was signed, I don't think there was I don't think there was a single angry person about it. Uh, they nope. kind of used Christian Christian Yelich as as maybe his current strength, which is you know lead off, which is certainly not what you're paying him for. I understand that. However, use him how you can. They they there's well, some good things that happened this year, and some good pieces. Obviously, the pitching Woodruff, Burns, and and Peralta. We'll see how many of those three we have in the next couple of years. But um, this team has talent. Yeah. They really do. But there are a lot well, of holes. And- what did he hit as a leadoff hitter? Like 280, 290? It was something respectable, like, that's for sure. Yeah, like above average. Yep. Yeah, I definitely think that that's a place for him. I think I think that he's got a DH. He's so bad in the outfield. Mm-hmm. And don't let his gold glove nomination deceive you. There were only three left fielders who qualified. In terms of innings played for the Gold Glove, and so he was one of them. Don't don't let that deceive you. He was terrible. He had a negative negative rating in every defensive metric you can imagine. Yep. So put him in DH. Renfro has a cannon in right. And then you got Freelich and Mitchell. Playing left field, center field. Mitchell's exciting, man. That guy hit 300 after he got called up. That is a superstar that we got there. You know, we talk about needing a bat. We talk about needing this and needing that. Man, I'm excited to see what Garrett Mitchell does in his first full major league season because that guy was super exciting. And he was doing it all from the eight and nine spot. Yep. It seemed like every time he, every time he turned around, he was he was making another another play or another highlight reel, and 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 not only that, but 
you know, we talked about uh, Ruiz, right? The guy that 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 yeah, Estuary Ruiz, seventy like, stolen bases, seventy stolen bases at, at the at the minor league level, and that's the type of speed that we have never seen in a Milwaukee Brewers uniform, or just haven't seen for a long time. Well, we might not have to look much further than Garrett Mitchell because that man is just ridiculously fast around the bases, and some of them might have forgot that. I forgot just how quick he is. So uh, getting, you know, maybe Ruiz on on the active roster this year, and certainly Garrett Mitchell. Uh, we're going to have a different type of weapon that we've had, you know, haven't had in, in recent memory. Um, and, and, you know, yeah. all the things have gone to run. My big question on Ruiz is if he can hit major league pitching. He hits yeah. well in AAA, but he has well when he's in the pressure. majors. But then again, some guys get off to a slow start. Mitchell got off to a slow start, and people were wanting him sent down. I think he was hitting like 096 at some point. Ended up hitting 308. I don't know. Not my job. Yep. We'll see what spring training does and things like that. But the the future of the outfield is certainly bright. You got Willie Adamas at shortstop. And about that, that, that's about it that for your for your locks on the infield. I mean, I like Rowdy at first base. One of our writers wrote a uh, three trade destinations for Rowdy Tellez. I don't think the Brewers should trade him. You know what you're getting with for him. Or you know what you're getting with him. You're going to get 30 home runs, close to 100 RBI, maybe an 800 OPS, average defense, and that, that, that's got to be okay because they don't have another first baseman prospect. I mentioned Singleton, but he's not as good as Rowdy. You're not going to get a better first baseman than Rowdy Telez on the market. You're just not. They have to figure out what they're going to do at second base. Colton Long has a, has a club option. Are they going to pay him $10 million? I don't know. I wouldn't. I wasn't really impressed with him this year. I'd let him go. He's a great guy. If they brought him back, I wouldn't necessarily be disappointed. But if I'm the GM, I'm going to try to find someone else. I'm going to give that job to Bryce Turang, to be honest with you. And you got to figure out what you're going to do at third. Because Luis Urias is not it. Maybe it will be. Maybe he had a bad year and he's going to bounce back in 2023, but you can't bank on that. But knowing the Brewers, they will. <laughs> they will. We'll give him a chance. You know, back to, to Roddy Telez, you know, I think that everyone kind of relates him to Daniel Vogelbach when, when he got released or, or let go. A lot of fans were, were kind of upset about it, but then it turns out that his replacement, uh, or you know, so to speak, his replacement – uh, Roddy Telez is better, and he plays first base well. I don't think you should make that mistake or that take that chance twice. Keep Roddy Telez and 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 don't let him walk. I think it was the right move to move, move on from Daniel Vogelbach. I do not think it's the right move to move, move on from Roddy Telez. Um, but we'll see. You know what this offseason has and and what a new general manager um, brings to the table. And you know David Stearns will still, still be around for a year. He'll be in the clubhouse. He'll be in people's ear. He'll have a presence there. Um, after that, he very may, very may well be on the East Coast. Oh, he's a Met. He's a Met. 
I mean, <laughs> everyone knows. It's the worst kept secret in baseball. Yep. But until then. And then the Mets are going to become a dynasty. Yep. Man, that that brain with, with, an, with an open wallet oh, is a man. scary, scary thing. And I will hate them <laughs> because I will be jealous. Yep. And then the big question, uh, another one is that, is that catcher. You cannot bring back Omar Narvaez. You just can't. It's awful year. You got Victor Carantini, who is he's a good catcher. And then what? Then what do you got? I think that they are just gonna wait until Jefferson Caro is ready. Their highest uh, catching prospect in a while. I think he's their number six overall prospect. Good hitter. Decent defensive catcher. Just not ready. I think he'll play in double A this year. Maybe get to triple A by September. But I think it's a while before we see him in Milwaukee. Another two years, maybe three. And you just got to... Carantini is, is good enough. You just got to find a good backup or find a, a starter a little bit better than Carantini. Our starting rotation is, is is set for next year. I mean, we can talk about how we got to win now, but while we still have Woody and Burns, let's just enjoy the games we have with them while we still do. You know, we have them for another two years, I think, max, right? Yep. So, let's just enjoy the 2023 season with them. You got Peralta, he'll be healthy. You got Lauer. You got Ashby. We're we're good with starting pitching. The bullpen, who bullpen needs help. That is going to be an interesting dynamic going into the next season because Green Bay or Green Bay, the Milwaukee Brewers did not seem to have a a consistent three-headed healthy monster, you know, at, at the starting position. So if that is something that can change for the this upcoming season, that'll be big. Um, y- y- but yeah, like this, this, you know, it, it's out. The, 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 we have no idea what, what 2023 is going to bring from Milwaukee Brewers, but they, we know enough that they have the pieces in place that could set them up for possible success, you know, and, and get back to the, to the, to the postseason. Um but it's, it's going to be I like, interesting. I like Brad Boxberger. Yeah, I, I do think too. they should bring him back. Yep, they have really Jake Cousins. Yep, who well, he was all, all, almost all year too. Yeah, if he if he gets healthy, they got him, and he's a phenomenal pitcher. Brent Suter is. I know Brent Suter isn't everyone's favorite. I know that he gives up a few home runs here and there. But that guy is a clubhouse leader, heart and soul of the team, of the pitchers especially. You got to hold on to him. Treasure. So Man is a treasure. I really think so too. I think that there's a lot of a lot of people on this team like that 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 have a good impact on the clubhouse, and and we saw firsthand what what a what a trade can do to the to the clubhouse this past season. And I don't. Hopefully, they don't make that mistake twice. Yeah, I would uh, 
I'd give up on Adrian Hauser. I mean, I've been calling that for five years. <laughs> five years. I've been like, nah, this guy's not it. Everyone was like, no, nah, he's good. Nope. We'll see. Well, I was right. One of the few times in my life I get to say I was right. I was right. We got to be we got to be done with that experiment. Yep. But we got to fill up the bullpen with some decent arms. It'll be an experiment in spring training early on. But you're right. We got to get that seven, eight, nine hammered out. Of course, you got Devin Williams in the ninth. He's a good. He's a good pitcher. I'm confident with him as the closer. Yep. If we bring back Bo- uh, Boxberger, I'm good with him in the seventh or the eighth. But we got to get another guy. I mean, I like Jake Cousins. It's just a little inexperienced. You know what I mean? I mean, his rookie think... year he was really good, and then last year was his sophomore year, and he was pretty much out for a lot yep. of that time. I think he has a chance to be to be to be something for real on this team. Um, I agree. I think that you know he could be that other guy. You obviously don't want to bank, put all your eggs in one basket, but uh, I remember last year he was playing, and and we you know Brewers Nation was kind of joking that that uh, you know he's the best thrower of a ball in his family. Uh, Absolutely, obviously. is the best thrower of the ball in his family. If you didn't know, his cousin, <laughs> no pun intended. Nope. Is the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk? So, with, as as of right now, I don't know if we're in much position to joke right now about, about the about the Vikings and Packers. However, we're still going to do it. Joke about the Vikings. We'll Always. still do it. Yeah. Always. Yep. It's my but, duty to Gilbert Brown. Yes, it is. Yeah, Gilbert's a big uh, big Viking hater, and then we're here for it. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Yep. Well, I think that's going to do do it for us on the Cheese Dad Sports Podcast for tonight. Again, my name is Robin. You can follow me on Twitter at the other Robin nineteen, and find my written work on Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Gridiron Heroics. And I am McQuaid. You can follow me on Twitter at McQuaid W Arnold. But make sure that you follow our Facebook page, Wisconsin Sports Heroics. Our content is posted there hourly every single day. All right. Stay cheesy, Wisconsin sports fans.